This is a, uh, a special week. There's no fun, cool intro I'm going to do. I usually do a couple of fun, jazzy, you know, quips, some funny jokes. Uh, okay, fine. You Sorry, jazzy one? quips. You, you threw me off with that one. Okay, jazzy I'm, quips. Uh, jazzy quips. You want, the like, jazzy yeah. quipster from now on. That's your new nickname. No, I already have enough nicknames, Adam. We can't do that. <laughs> Another one. All right, so we'll get into it. My name is Dave. I am, as always, the golden voice of the South, the human jukebox from the top of the state of Alabama because I'm on top of this podcasting game, kind of. All right, and then as always, I am joined by my friend, Mr. Adam, Brother Russell. We're just gonna go with Brother Russell. You wanna do Phenomenal Brother still, or we wanna just go Brother? Just go with Brother, that's fine. That's cool. Right. The I'm down with it. <laughs> Listen, Brother. All right, so the Brother, all the way from the middle of the state of Florida, St. Cloud, House of Mouse that's closed, making me sad. The Mouse is um, still in the house, it's just nobody else is there with him. I know, but today I got that, that cabin fever. I was texting you memes of I had to get out of the house and you were telling me to get in the house. Yes, um, please. No, Disney needs to come open in about a month. Actually, a month and a half is when Disney needs to open. We'll see what happens. Okay, fine. You're not, you're not going to tell me to stay home? No. Okay, fine. I already um, told you, I already told you my, what, what I thought about your, uh, your vacation, but I, I I'll know, go. I know. All right, so... I'm honored tonight because I, I've been wanting to do a show like this always. Well, for the past couple of weeks, um, we're going to be real tonight. We're not going to be the phenomenal brother, or the golden voice of the South. We're going to be Dave and Adam tonight um, because this is Easter week. This is Holy week. This is a week that's, that's very special for our faith and very special for Christians all around the world. And because of that, I, uh, I have the honor of having my, my pastor on, Paul Whaley from Summit, Summit Crossing. Paul, what's going on? What's up? What's up, guys? It's a privilege to be on your show with you. You, um, your intro. You warned me about the uh, the nicknames. That was uh, that was epic, bro. <laughs> nice. That that's not that's that's actually shorter than we normally go, Paul. So I, I, I could tell. I could tell you held back, but it still was epic. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm feeling a little bit bad. I poured a glass of bourbon as I'm sitting here. It's like, oh, my pastor's watching me. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that. It just tells me how much you know me. So that really makes it. <laughs> that is true. That is true. It's probably for um, the best. You don't want to see him when he records on coffee. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it just to be that good kid. Good guy. Uh, but anyway, Paul, you know, these last, uh, last month, I guess has been some trying times in the world. Um, and I think when, what was it? Three weeks ago at summit crossing, we, we decided to, to shut the doors to the sanctuary and, and start doing virtual church. Um, and, and I think we, uh, probably not, well, yeah, we were probably some of the first ones here in Huntsville to do it. Yeah, we, I think we were, and I, I say that because I had several pastors actually call me the day we shot a video, put it out, that we were going to gather online. I had a couple of pastors call me that day, said, have you, have you, have you lost your mind? Are you crazy? This is a little, <laughs> aren't you getting ahead of the game? I'm like, guys, the time is now for us to, uh, to act to uh, the most loving thing we can do is to do this. And I had a pastor calling back later that night said, Hey man, you guys are actually out in front. We just had a long meeting with the mayor and he's asking churches to do this. So I guess you guys knew something we didn't, but we just, we, we've got some leaders that were just praying through it and thinking, how can we get out in front of this thing? And that's, that's where we landed. Yeah. And, and I appreciate that because, you know, you, I think I said something on my Facebook when I when I, I shared that 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 video that you're talking about. 
you know, I, I, I'm proud to go to a church where not only do you do you worry about our, our spiritual health, but you worry about our physical health as well. And, and I think a lot a lot of your thought, thoughts and prayers went into that point itself, yeah. right? Yeah. So. Well, this is, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll get into this, Dave. This, what's so interesting about this whole deal, it'd be one thing if we were asking our people to risk your life and come to church. But it's a, it's a different storyline when you are basically, you're risking someone else's life by coming mm. to church. Yeah, right. And that's that's a, that's a line we've never had to cross and deal with. So when you start thinking through that lens, you start actually thinking through Jesus' commands to, to love your neighbor as yourself. That's actually what he's talking about. That's how we're going to love our neighbor right now it's by, by staying home. So it kind of feels counterintuitive to, to the Christian life. I mean, we're kind of, we're after this whole lay your life down. That's kind of what Jesus called us to do. But this is actually a time for us to, to think differently. Um, so it is actually a way for us to lay our life down and to stay at home. Yeah. So sometimes that's hard to get across and I'm not sure everybody's getting it, but that's kind of where we've landed. Yeah. It's been, it's been hard in Florida, especially because the governor signed a stay at home order, but in that order, because, you know, separation of church and state and the way the government runs in America, he actually, it says in there that churches are exempt from that. And the, the wording and the verbiage says that, right. but all the churches have done the right thing to your point, you know, and known that it's upon them ultimately to make the right decision to do the right thing. But there have been pastors in Tampa. I think a lot of other states have seen that too, where people have struggled with that a little bit. But definitely, I agree, the right thing to do. So. Yeah, I agree. It sounds like most churches are, are coming online. Thank, thank the Lord for that. Yep. Yeah. So, so Paul, with this, a lot of people, I think Adam and I are, and you, I think, have are blessed where our jobs are not safe, but there's we don't have to really worry that much about losing our job in this this environment. But 6.6 million people, the last, last uh, numbers I've heard, have filed for unemployment. People are staying at home. You know, you're, you're having to be there with your kids that you're not used to being around 24-7. You have to, you're now a homeschool teacher. What can we say as Christians? What's the best way to minister to these people? We can't go out and see, mm. but what's the best way we can minister to these people? And how can we show hope to a world that really has no hope right now? Yeah, that's a great question, Dave. It's like, you know, for the, for the believer is there's really the, the message of, of hope is there's such grit and reality to it for the believer, because we know Jesus has ultimately overcome uh, this world, disease, darkness, ultimately our sin. So even though we walk through this trying time for a believer, we know that not only is this temporary, uh, we hope to get back to life, you know, normal life, whatever that looks like in a month or two. But ultimately, life is is secured in Him. So for so for the believer, we we just keep going back to that truth and remind ourselves of the good news, and we rest in that, and we don't ignore uh, what we're in. We don't ignore our emotions and our feelings and push those back. I mean, we kind of own it, uh, but we lay it at the feet of Jesus, and because He that's what He came to do is lay His life down so that we could have have peace and rest in Him. So we abide in Him through these times. You know, so the message that goes out for the world, you know, generically, it's a, it's a tough call because, and, and here, I guess, is what I would say to this. This is what I'm praying for, that, that all our securities, all the things that have been false securities for the world, they're kind of crumbling right now. Mm -hmm. So there actually is great hope because those, um, 
those faulty foundations, if you will, are caving in. And I'm hopeful that people will turn vertically and see that there actually is hope in the one that came to rescue us from this. So that would be the, the message I hope that people will hear. And my prayer is that Christians will live that out, that we'll live a life that is, is so honoring to the Lord and it actually draws people in by not pointing the finger, but actually pulling them in by the way we love them. And we actually lay our life down for them as well. So that's, I mean, that's where I would start with that grandiose question. I mean, for the life of the <laughs> believer, it's actually, Dave, a time for us to really lean in and grow through this time. When you right. study church history, when you look back through the record books and, and how the church has grown, it's always been through times of persecution. So it may sound kind of twisted for me to say this, but in a sense, I'm kind of jacked up about it because <laughs> I, I think the Lord is up to something here. Yeah. And um, I'm not saying that he caused this coronavirus to happen, but I, I also will tell you that I, I don't believe for a second he's caught off guard by it. And it will be used for, for, for our good and for his glory. And so, man, I just think that, that during this time of introspection and solitude that it's a time for us to lean in and listen a little bit and see what God has for us. Yeah, I love that. You know, all throughout the Bible and all throughout history, uh, you know, world history, beauty comes from ashes. Yeah. And, and like you said, I don't think God, I mean, okay, well, there, there's this, this whole, did God cause it or did it happen? Did God allow it to happen type question here? But yes, you're right. This wasn't, this isn't a, a mystery to God. God knew right. that this was about to happen, but God uses the ashes of the world for his beauty. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's amazing to me how that, that just, that happens all the time. Well, and I, and the, I didn't mean to create a rabbit hole for us for the whole, you got <laughs> go ahead. We could, go ahead. We could, we could go down that hole quick, but you know, it's amazing to me again, just, you know, I know our culture in times like this tends to ask the question, well, okay, God, where are you? We are, the world is suffering. And if you're real and on the throne, why don't you do something? And actually, he, he already did. Um, he hung on a cross for this moment and for billions of moments like this. But it's also a time for us to recognize and kind of trace back the brokenness, which you have to trace it all the way back, not to, you know, March 1st when we heard this come out. But you also have to, you actually have to trace it all the way back to creation in the garden, Genesis 3. And you realize in Genesis 3, when we rebelled against the holy and perfect God, that this world's broken. And so we can get caught up in this argument that God cause it or did he allow it. The reality is we caused it through our sin. We live in a broken and flawed world, which means natural disasters, which means people hurt each other, which means we have to deal with disease. But that's why Jesus came to not only fix us, but to fix this world. Yeah. And so coronavirus will, will be crushed one day when his new kingdom comes. So I know I'm, probably chasing a little bit of a rabbit there, but just wanted to in, in, insert that that truth. <laughs> Look, rabbit holes are chased all the time on this show. So you're, just, yeah, you're fitting in perfectly, Paul. <laughs> um, Adam, I, I think your, your, your question before we get into Easter, your yeah. question actually fits perfectly here. So. Yeah. I mean, I've, we've heard several sermons and, and different readings and things through podcasts and other stuff around like, how the Bible says in several places that, you know, trials bring refinement and you see it in the book of James and in a few other places. And our pastor this past week used a, 
he, he was bouncing around between some books and landed in Psalms and it's 131. And it talks about how your soul is calmed and quieted. Mm. And it says like a mother or like a child who is weaned with his mother. And, and in other, other translations, it talks about like how a child that no longer cries for its mother's milk and, and, and what we cry for in terms of what our sustenance are, is in this world. Yeah. And we've put all of those other forms of sustenance aside and we focus just on God and the gift that he gives us. That is enough to satisfy and to quiet your soul. And I think one of the things that I'm struggling with a little bit, and, and part of it is because I want to do this at times and I try to catch myself, but I see a lot of people on the conservative side, a lot of people on the Christian side that are focusing purely on the political, purely on the fact that it's an election year or that it's a conspiracy or that, you know, the impact to constitutional rights and those kind of things. And I think I, I'm, I'm having trouble finding a balance in a lot of places between the message of hope and the message of trying to find the refinement in a trial like this mm. and understanding the worldly impacts at the same time. Mm. So what, do you have any, like, how do we balance that? How do we make sure that we're paying attention to the impacts it could have on our lives? but at the same time focusing on that hope that that's out there. Cause right now it seems like it's, it's one or the other. There's not a balance. There's nowhere where you can see that, that there's two sides to this that need to be focused on. Yeah, Adam, I don't know if, um, if this gets to the heart of your question, um, you know, just the both sides of, uh, you know, uh, I guess I call it the spectrum swinging too hard to the right or too hard to the left, or are we tone deaf? Are we listening to the needs of, of our culture and what our world's facing? Yeah. Um, are we just, you know, just trying to preach Jesus down people's throats when people are dying and need medicine? I mean, where's the balance uh, in that? And again, I think that's the reality of what the Christian is called to do in our culture as you know, Jeremiah talks about this all throughout the, the gospel writers talk about this. Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount talks about actually we're supposed to be the best citizens uh, in this world. Hmm. Like he came to bring his kingdom in and he gives us a glimpse of what that kingdom is going to be like in his Sermon on the Mount. There'll be no more sickness. The blessed are the, uh, the meek for, you know, they shall see the kingdom of God. Blessed are the persecuted. They shall be comforted. So he gives what he's doing, these two layers, he's, kind of giving us a glimpse of what we experience now in Jesus and what we'll experience ultimately in Jesus in his kingdom. And so those that have experienced Jesus now, we get to go out into the world. In a sense, we get to live as signposts pointing to the one that can rescue. So we do that through, through being generous, through giving money to those that maybe have lost their job. So I think more than ever, Christians have an opportunity to actually live the life of Jesus, to live the way of Jesus more than ever by giving up our paychecks for someone that maybe lost their job, um, you know, feeding the, the homeless, taking in those that are hurting. So for us to ignore what's going on in the world and just get caught up with some message and kind of pointing fingers through, or, you know, the right or the left, and then just saying, you know, just believe in Jesus and your life will be good. Like there's so much more to that. The life of a believer is so much more robust than just words. It's, it's a lifestyle. And it's so that's my prayer is that Christians will actually see the call of Jesus to actually get in this world, not get out, but actually get in now more than ever and be the best citizens this world has ever seen. And through that, maybe they will see the real Jesus and fall in love with the real Jesus, not some fake phony 
Jesus that we've kind of puffed up before. So yeah, yeah. that's just another, that's another hope of mine during this time is that the whole side of consumer, what I would even call conservative Christianity would just die out because there's really, there's really no place for it. It's not helping. It's not helping the kingdom. So yeah. that's, yeah, and that's, 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 that, bro. that's one of my concerns. I, I guess it's, it's, the, the entire lifestyle you're talking about. Absolutely. That's mind blowing to really dive. That's a whole other rabbit hole, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> we could go down with that. That's awesome. I, but I, I feel like, you know, if we focus purely at the same time on the, the political or the conspiracy type stuff that I've seen more from Christians than anybody else right now, I don't want us to hurt our credibility on the back end of this. That's, either, yeah, because if people are suffering and somebody knows somebody, I mean, one of the things I've seen people say the most when I read comments and look through it as well, do you know anybody who's directly impacted by this? Yeah. No, you don't. Cause it's not real. I, I have people at work whose brothers and sisters and cousins have been confirmed to have this. And we're lucky enough to live in States where we don't see it as prevalently, but I work with a lot of people who are in New York, have family in New York and they, they have been tested positive. I, I just don't want us to walk out of this at the same time, having a credibility issue that, you know, we ignored this real problem and now we're going to come to you with a gospel. Yeah. And is anybody even going to listen? You know? I, yeah, man, I feel you on that. And I, I've caught myself in several conversations just to your point where I just the conversation was like, are you sure this isn't being blown out of proportion? And I felt my, I felt like I was coming across this trying to convince them so much that this is serious that I was like the one living in fear. And like, mm-hmm. and I was this doomsday dude. I'm like, you you have to know I'm the farthest thing from a doomsday prepper and there is in the world. I mean, that there couldn't be anything further from the truth. So yeah. what I'm telling you is like, this is serious and stop watching Fox news for a minute and just get in the Bible and listen to what the spirit is telling you. And, and we as created beings from God almighty, like, there are image bearers dying from this disease. And if your heart is hardened to that, then somewhere you've gone off the rails. And so I've just tried to bring it back to the facts of, well, I don't know if you know anybody personally that has it, but let's look at the facts. How many people have actually died from this virus? And let's start there and realize this is a sobering, serious reality. And let's set aside our political agendas our political differences and our conspiracy theories. And let's just live like a Christian right now. And so let's get out into the world and live it out and stop having these dialogues that aren't helpful for anybody. So that's my, that's my take on it, man. That would be my kind of my platform that I would, probably get in trouble if I broadcast that too loud, but that's where I'm at. (laughs) Paul, I want to go down one more rabbit hole and I'm, you know, kind of piggyback off of our last one. Um, so uh, kind of, you know, I think it was you and Adam both agreed on this. What's our, what are we going to be like after this is over? What will people look at Christians after this is over? Kind of talk to the pastors that we kind of mentioned at the beginning, whose churches are using the loophole of still meeting. You know, let's, let's doomsday think this. What happens if those people, some of those people in those meetings at that church get coronavirus and then they go out in the world and this whole thing has phase two? Yeah. Won't the world and the media point to the church and say, look at you, you hypocrites, yeah. you, you used your loophole. So what, what would you kind of say to, let, let's say you don't know any of these pastors and I, I know that, but what would you say to if a pastor came to you and said, Hey, I think I'm using this loophole. 
Well, it would make me extremely sad and heartbroken to hear that 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 would be a story that would, you know, if that was to be a storyline after all this is said and done, that would certainly break my heart. And, you know, right now I'm just praying that pastors are listening and that, um, and I do believe they are. I think, it, as we said at the beginning of, of our time, that the, the Big C Church, um, I, I do believe, is is pursuing the Lord on this, is listening to the Spirit on this, and and following through what we believe is best. And my prayer is that when it's all said and done, just like the church has done throughout history, in times of, of chaos and crisis, if the church had not been a part of the city, that particular city, the city wouldn't have made it. And I'm praying that that is, that's our, that's our mark. You know, we've got an opportunity in our, in our time and history and space to, and, and not that we're trying to make a mark for ourselves, but we're trying to, to make much of Jesus and, and he loves his bride. He loves the church. And so I pray when the record books and the history books are written during this time, they will, there will be stories that will far outweigh those hopefully minimum stories of those pastors and churches that may be caused harm that the other stories will far outweigh it. The churches that made not only made wise choices, but got out and actually did something uh, during the situation. Um, I, I know for, for us and our leaders, we're praying about right now how we can be like crazy generous to our businesses, to hospitals, to, to, to the firemen, to the police officers. Like we're trying to figure out how we can bless our local businesses um, that in a month or two, they're still going to be around because of what the, you know, at least play some, some small part in, in helping them thrive. So that that would be my heart on it, Dave. I mean, yep. I guess emotionally I'd be heartbroken to hear, but I'm hopeful and I'm praying that the storyline will of churches laying their life down and, and making wise choices based on what honors God would far outweigh some of those stupid decisions that might be made. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Let's get into some happier stuff, if right. you don't mind. Uh, you know, this is Easter. You know, this isn't, this is a weird Easter, you know, because I was joking with Adam earlier, or earlier this week and said, hey, what are you wearing for Easter today? Shorts, t-shirt, that's what you're going to wear to your Easter service, why not? Um, so it, it's, a, it's a different type of Easter, you know, we're not going to dress up in our seersucker best, we, we might not get with our families, hey, you hush, Adam, we still wear seersucker in the South. <laughs> Whatever hey, you do, you man, you're all good. You do you. Hey, it is the South. Um, <laughs> but you know, what's different about this week, this year's Easter? But what makes it even better? I love that question. That's kind of that's where I'm at. As hard as it is to think about not gathering Sunday, and it's actually heartbreaking. In fact, I was just listening to our playlist. I was honing in on, on what I'm going to be preaching on. And man, I was just getting so pumped and thinking, can you give me, can you give me a preview? What's on the playlist? Oh man. Um, I, I, I shouldn't go there because our worship pastor hasn't finalized and he may get picked at me if I, if I, Oh, Patrick won't get mad. Come yeah. on. But uh, there'll be some, some living hope in there and uh, man of sorrows and some of my favorite songs. Oh, awesome. It's going it's, it's to be lit, man. Hey, by the way, sidetrack. More of mercy. He needs to play oh, that every week. Isn't that good stuff? Oh my goodness! Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell him. I'll pass that along. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, man. So just the you know getting over the fact that we're not going to be together. Um, that's hard. But t- 
to just again lean in and and appreciate the moment. I think what's what's exciting about this Sunday is I do believe the gospel is going to go out far wider than it ever, at least in recent times and recent years, as far as I can tell, the gospel is going to go out through technology. We've seen a huge spike in people just listening to our live stream on Sunday morning. You know, obviously people are home listening. They're passing the link along to friends. A lot of my pastor friends are saying the same thing. So I think more than ever, people are actually listening in, which kind of goes back to our original conversation. I think people are looking for hope. I think they're looking uh, for good news in the midst of a sea of bad news. So I'm hoping Easter Sunday, people even more than ever, you know, Easter Sunday, people are always open to go to church and they're leaning in and, and oftentimes we'll go, the creasters show up. But I think more than ever, people are going to be tuning in. And so I think it's an opportunity for our people to, to send out, you know, our online link to friends and family and get it out there. And, you know, we're going to preach a simple, uh, but hopefully robust gospel message. Jesus is alive and it's the ultimate good news. There's no better news to hear right now. There's no better news the world needs to hear right now. Um, you know, we think, well, if just a vaccine will come out this year, that's the best news we could hear, but there's going to be something else. The best Amen. news of all is that Jesus has conquered it all. And so Amen. that is going to be so fun to just celebrate Sunday. We put together kind of some online, uh, online, online listening experiences for our people throughout the weekend. Uh, just a couple of things we're doing creatively. We hope we'll add to our, our Sunday experiences. We're asking families to take pictures of themselves with, you know, with their families worshiping, uh, doing a sunrise service together, uh, even get dressed up in your Sunday best and take pics <laughs> and send them in. And then we're going to show those pictures like in a montage on Sunday morning and kind of a way to bring us all together. So we'll do some creative things to, to make the best of the moment, but, Ultimately, what makes it better is I think the audience is going to be leaning in more than ever. And I believe that. I'm excited about that. And even though I would not have scripted this as an Easter Sunday in 2020, God knows what's up. And I do believe he's doing something really, really massive right now. So I can't wait to see what it is. That's 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 great. And I'll tell you, I. Uh, I have not seen like since the way we worship at Summit is you know we send the kids to their 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 Summit kids and they do their their thing and I, I while it's it's nice because I get to hone in and listen to you and and get to listen to to and worship my way I'm getting to worship with my little girls now it's awesome you know at home and yes they're rowdy yes they run around but I get to see Ellie my five year old when we sing stand mm. up and put her hands up. Yep. And that's, a, that is a, a special moment. You know, you talked about last week, special moments that are etched in your brain yep. uh, with your, your three kids. Yep. That's always going to be a special moment that I'm going to have etched in my brain that would not have had this chance if coronavirus wasn't here. That's great, dude. Yeah, and forget that. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's cool to see moments that you didn't think that you would have. Mm-hmm because God has allowed a situation to happen. Absolutely. So I, I, I do think that, that, you know, Easter is going to be great. It's going to be different 
because we won't ha- be able to have those Easter egg hunts with our family. We won't, we won't have the ham and green beans and all that with, with your entire relatives around. But I, I saw a meme the other day, and I'm going to butcher it, but it said, oh, you're sad that the church is empty? Well, guess what? The tomb was too. <laughs> That's good. So yeah. it's a different way of, of teaching and, and preaching that resurrection story. Yeah. Yeah, I saw one meme that said the church has left the building, and I, I chuckled at that. And it's really true. the The church is scattered right now, and um, you know, when the church scattered in Acts at chapter eight, it blew up. And so yeah. that's what that's what we're praying that as we're scattered, our neighborhoods will never be the same, our families will never be the same, our kids will never be the same. One of my favorite moments, I'm so glad you shared that, Dave, with me during this time is families are actually sending their picks in, just like you described, with their whole family worshiping and doing the whole Summit Kids worship and worshiping during our adult time. And we've been putting those stories on our Instagram story page. And I mean, I just scroll through there and just weep on Sunday afternoons, just seeing our Summit families worshiping Jesus together. It's priceless, man. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm very hopeful. Uh, I'm ticked that I'm, I'm an extrovert. So I'm ticked. I'm having to sit at home by myself, but I'm, I'm hopeful at the same time. <laughs> well, you're on a show with maybe an extrovert and a half. Adam okay. is kind of that, that tweener. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I got, I, I, most of my friends are, are tweeners. I get that. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing just fine right now. Yeah, I, I, th- I think the, the, the interesting thing for that I've seen too happen in the church is, um, you know, you can get in this every Sunday kind of routine where you see everybody, you shake the hands, you say, bye, have a good week, and then I'll see you next Sunday. I've seen a lot of churches start contact campaigns, you know, reaching out to everybody should call five other people. And if you don't know their number, ask the office and just call and check on everybody. And, you know, also check on people that don't go to church with you. And they're actively trying to make sure those connections exist. And and hopefully that's the kind of thing that lives on after this too. Yes. Um, just making sure that we're all there for each other throughout all this whole, this whole thing. Agreed. Well, let's, let, let's, we'll wrap up with this, Paul. And uh, uh, this is probably going to be one that's going to take you. We didn't talk about this in our, our pre-show talking, uh, but <laughs> it won't be that hard. Uh, this is probably one of your, your subjects you love. Here comes the curveball. Here it goes. No, this isn't bad. <laughs> let's talk church post coronavirus. This is all over this, you know, what can the church do? to put what we've learned in these two to three months and put it into practice in quote unquote, the real world. Yeah. This, this has just been a test tube. And then we take it out into the real world when we can touch people again and actually see people face to face. Yep. So what do we do? May 1st, let's, let's say May 1st. Cause that's what that's, that's the goal I'm hoping for. I love your optimism. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, I know, Adam's shaking his head too, but let's... Oh, I love it. Go for it. When we get released, when, when the president and the, the WHO says, go forth. Mm. You're free, go. You're free. <laughs> <laughs> what does the church do differently than what we did before March 1st? I'm, um, I'm journaling that question right now. It's going to be interesting. I do believe with all my heart, it will be different, uh, maybe forever uh, in a good way. Um, and that's where I'm kind of focused right now is what can we learn from this? And, and what are we learning from this? I think a couple of things has come to light for us as leaders is, 
you know, all along when we planted this church several years ago, our heart's been to equip the saints for the work of ministry that we don't want to be a church that just hires professionals and, and puts on a show on Sundays and people come and appreciate it, enjoy it, maybe learn a little bit and then go back to their normal life and never grow themselves as disciples. And during this time, I think every disciple is having to learn to feed themselves a little more. And so one of the things that we've got to keep pressing into as the church is how do we equip each believer, each disciple on the ground to disciple their own family, uh, to disciple people at work, to live their faith out, um, where it's not Sunday to Sunday's the lifeline. Sunday becomes more of a touch point celebration and gospel high five. And then Monday through Saturday, we get back into the grind and we live this thing out. And I think what this is causing us to do right now is to just be still a little bit, which the scriptures are pretty clear. We need to do that regularly. Um, so if I was going to just kind of an initial short list, I'm praying this teaches us to slow down. I pray it teaches us to, to, to feed ourselves a little better, not depend on the professional. And for the church, I pray it teaches us how to be more effective and laser focused, like ask the question, every single thing we're doing, is this creating disciples or is it creating consumers? And that's a scary question to ask. Mm -hmm. um, but for us, that's what we're coming out of this time is as we move forward, every single thing, every single program, every single gathering, every single training we're doing has to go through the lens. Is this going to create better, more effective disciples that's going to make disciples or are we just creating this consistent on-ramp to consumerism that's not helping the church grow or the kingdom advance? So. This time is really pushing us there, Dave, to think through that. And I believe the church will be strong when we come out of this as far as our disciple-making systems go. That's, uh, wow, you, you, you summed it up perfectly, and I, I appreciate you for that. This yeah. is a shorter show than we normally do. I think we're going to wrap it up there just because there's, there's not much more we can talk about, right, Adam? I mean, <laughs> I know, right? I'm sitting here thinking about what the transition is, Dave, and <laughs> There's not. Paul, I, I'm going to brag on you for a second, okay? And, and this is just don't, don't blush. Do don't do that, Dave. <laughs> okay, I'm going to brag on God's God using there, there. you. How's that? How's that? Okay. okay I've been going to that. Summit. I've been going to Summit for a little over two years now. Um, and I've been a Christian for 30 years of my life. I, I, I accepted Christ when I was eight. Um, and every week that I go to Summit, I think I told Adam this earlier. <clears throat> under your preaching and in God's tutelage in you, there has not been a Sunday when I have not left the building and looked at my wife and said, you know, I didn't look at it. I've never looked at it that way. Mm. So I appreciate what God is doing through you in, in bringing new light to old passages that we've always heard. Mm. So, and I, I thank God for you, Paul. I, I thank that I, I'm thankful that 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 God has allowed me to to come to Summit. Um, we usually end the show promoting our our podcast. We're not going to do that this week. Um, I'm going to do two things. Paul, how could they find Summit if if they're listening to us all throughout the country, or maybe somebody around the world? If if somebody has picked up this podcast, how can they get a hold of Summit? Sure, it's pretty easy. Just you got a website like everybody else is www.summitcrossing.org. Uh, we live stream every service, I mean, every Sunday, uh, not just during coronavirus, but we're always live streaming. We've got a lot of resources on there that 
uh, could help you in, in your your walk. So we'd love to help any way we can. And there's places to reach out on our website if you need any help or any prayer. So yeah, just check our website out and 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 reach out. And we'd love to love to hear from you. We've got people from all over that listen every week. We had people this week chiming in from Germany and Poland and India. It's pretty cool to see the gospel um, kind of go out to to the ends of the earth. So yeah, if you're out there and need a church and someone to listen to, chime in to us. That'd be great. There you go. Um, and we'll say this. We'll talk to the rest of the podcast people next week. Um, if you want to find us, you know how to do it. Un- not related bros on Twitter, unrelated at birth on Instagram. Um, normally we end the show. I'll say something funny and Adam will say something funny and you know, we love you, but not as much as Jesus does. Not funny. That's the truth. But Paul, we're going to do something a little different. I'm going to ask you, since we've had this this wonderful talk about Christ and, and how Christ can, as we say, move to the kingdom, to the nations, or whatever how we say it at Summit, it's, it's, I, I got stage fright with you here. Um, <laughs> um, can you end the show in prayer, Paul? Sure. Well, yeah, be glad to, Dave. And I just have one request. If you, if you guys ever do like a college football episode, please let me join in on that. Bring me back. Let me talk about something fun. That'd be a blast. Oh, done. We, we might talk about baseball too next time. Oh, you, who you're never safe. Yeah. Give me, <laughs> give, me a, give me an easy one. Let me pray yes, for sir. you. Thanks, All right. Dave. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. Jesus, you are on the throne. We know that. We worship you. You are King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And uh, in our world, we're facing some uncertain times. And I know a lot of fear that is, is wrecking people's lives. We know that you are, um, you are God over those fears. And we pray that you would bring peace into our lives. We pray you'd bring healing to our country, to our land, to, our, to, to the world. And ultimately, Jesus, I pray that people look to you during this time because it's in you where hope is found, where true love is experienced, where rest is experienced. And so I pray more than ever that the good news of the gospel will go out and that people will see how wonderful you are, fall deeply in love with you, and their lives will be changed. Thank you for our conversation tonight. I pray it was honoring to you. And I pray, as we've said tonight, that your gospel will go out from our neighborhoods to the nations for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.